0: following program is pre-recorded. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help, and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, as the topic of manipulation comes up here on the program and, and really in conversations with people, we, we recognize that. Well, Why do people <laughs> manipulate well, others?
1: Um, I, I just, I don't know why I'm smiling. I'm just thinking I used to be manipulated a lot and I didn't know what to do And until I actually focused on this topic. Uh, so manipulation is the art of controlling people or basically by indirect, unfair, uh, deceptive means, especially to their own advantage. And... I, the reason i'm i'm saying that is because sometimes we can be being we can be manipulated by someone and not even be aware of it because i wasn't aware of it I, I wouldn't have called it manipulation but then finally i i began to see and i i allowed it to happen many times at first i thought i had no choice and then later i heard somebody say you can't manipulate someone unless you, uh, or you can't be manipulated by others unless you allow it. And I thought, no, that can't be, you know, (laughs) because, uh, I really thought I had no choice. And then I had to face the fact, oh, wow. Uh, and so, but, but to understand from the manipulator standpoint, people manipulate others to get their own way. Uh, to avoid responsibilities that they have and they can put them, those, those responsibilities onto you when they need to be responsible. Uh, sometimes it's to protect themselves or to present reality the way they want others to see it. Um, now, some people intentionally manipulate others um, to control others they want control they can want to control uh the thoughts of others or the emotions the actions and they manipulate sometimes even to confuse others and this is really manipulative when they're intentionally trying to confuse another person in other words Sometimes they they want another person to feel um, you're mentally ill. Uh, and, I, and I mean that, that people will say that. They'll use messages that are not true, but it's to make the other person doubt themselves. And that's when it really is, uh, I, I call it, Sick or dangerous. Uh, Sometimes they manipulate others to entice uh, others to do what they would not otherwise do themselves. Uh, Sometimes uh, it can be making another person feel responsible. Uh, It's like you are guilty of neglect if you don't take care of me you are you're a bad person you're uncaring you're unchristian if you don't do da 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 for me um i've seen people do that well that's manipulation um sometimes people manipulate uh you use manipulation to maintain a dependent relationship even when that relationship is unhealthy. And this is manipulating the emotions of the other person. Um, they can at times be, you know, appear positive. When actually they are being negative um, they they want you to think that they're a, they're a certain way that they're wonderful or whatever, but instead they're deceptive and and this is why it's important to realize the Bible actually is um, clear about uh the heart of the deceitful person uh, this is uh, Jeremiah seventeen nine. the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure who can understand it and I think when we've not yielded our will to the will of the Lord Jesus Christ um, th- th- I, my point is the the Bible says I will give you a new heart I will put my spirit in you he he actually changes our heart from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh that can um, can feel what he wants us to feel and he says I'll put my spirit in you and cause you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws that's in Ezekiel 36:26, the point is we can have a changed heart and so that's what we need we need to have a healed heart um, instead of a deceptive heart but people who are manipulative their hearts are deceitful and they need to change
2: Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom for prisoners. The Lord came to set captives free, and He calls us to do the same. Hope for the Heart has an exciting opportunity to help bring the light of God's Word into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. The prison chaplain told us the whole atmosphere changed with the inmates because light was finally coming into the darkness. The supply of resources was a direct answer to years of prayer, and many inmates have given their lives to the Lord. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope.
0: 800-644-4817. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. Uh, We have uh, so many of our keys for living that uh, would be helpful to you as you deal with something in your life. One of those is called Codependency, Balancing an Unbalanced Relationship. Again, customer support is available at 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. Now, to speak with June Hunt on the program uh, about something going on in your life, we'd like to invite you to call 800 seventeen and leave a message for us there. We'll get back to you and uh, talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night. That's 800 night 800 644 4817 Tonight, we welcome back to the program our caller, Elizabeth.
1: Well, welcome back, Elizabeth. So glad you're with us. How can we help you?
4: Hi, well, thank you for taking my call again. It's good to hear from you both. Thank you. Uh, Well, we talked about my mom in the first couple of times I was up here uh, on your broadcast and how strong and everything she was spiritually and how she was my foundation and and taught me scripture and, and all this and everything, and really, really strong.
5: Mm-hmm. But
4: She's not that way right now, and it's very concerning to me from a spiritual point of view uh, mm. because she's making decisions and choices that she would not normally make. And oh. I understand why she's making them, mm. but it still does not Make it right that she's making them, and she's going to end up in a horrible situation that she's got herself out of. And I just need your advice on how to handle her because she's not listening to Mm -hmm. me
5: Mm
4: -hmm. At the way I've, I've tried to approach her. She she gets real defensive, and so I already know when people are defensive that you just need to just leave them alone Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. it's... So, and that's what I've done, but in the meantime, it can be a potentially dangerous situation, and I don't know what to do in the meantime. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, first of all, it is positive, excuse me, it's very positive that you care enough instead of just walk away. There are sons and daughters who do walk away, and I hear you loud and clear when you say, she's not listening to me. And what that means is there's something wrong. You said this is what she's acting in a way that is not normal for her. So I want to hear what is it looking like right now. When you see her, what is she doing that alarms you so much?
4: Okay, a couple of years ago, her now ex-husband, he had, well, had been doing drugs prior, prior to this incident.
5: Mm-hmm. And this
4: one incident, the day after her birthday, he jumped on her real bad and beat her up so bad mm-hmm. that... If she, thank God, she had was able to call 911 and it went through, even though she couldn't talk to him, and mm-hmm. if the police hadn't knocked in the door, she would be dead because he was already choking her and she had already passed out from, oh. as, as unconscious from it. Wow. So they got her to the hospital. I got there the next day, and I just, she was just unrecognizable. And I've never seen this before, ever, from my mother. So this is a traumatic thing for me. But, of course, I have to be strong. Because of her. so
1: Now, by the way, obviously they took pictures of her, correct? Yes, ma'am. Has she seen those pictures? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Just want to make sure that she's not uh, been, quote-unquote, protected from the truth. Okay. So what you're saying is ex-husband had been doing drugs. He jumps on her, beats her up, and sounds like she would be dead had the police not intervened had gotten there in time because she was unconscious is that correct yes ma'am wow all right that is very serious so you're right this is not just a scuffle it's not just um uh, uh differences this is um this is uh so forbidden by god in the bible it uh, is so clear uh, the danger of of violence. Okay, continue on.
4: So she she divorces him. Of course, he goes to jail, and now he's locked up for a, a number of years. Mm-hmm. But she's now taken up into a relationship with his friend of 28 years that used to hang out holidays with them and all that so stuff. And he's basically the same thing as her ex husband, but he's younger and stronger and has a more of a temper than my ex her ex-husband does and he has this mentality that he's this gangster thug and and even at his older age the older age that he is and so and he's a woman beater mm. And so, and then my mom, of course, I try to come to her. She's trying to force me to accept him. She's trying to force my daughter to accept him. She's putting my daughter in dangerous situations with even being around him because he's doing drugs. She's enabling him. She's. Coming to me under false pretenses of why she needs money, I'm sending her mm-hmm. money because she's mm-hmm. my mom, mm-hmm. but she's turning around and giving it to him, mm-hmm. and then she's lying to me, and then, of course, my cousin, who was raised like my sister, too, she's telling her everything. This is how I know everything that's going on because my mom won't talk to me about it. But she'll talk to my cousin slash sister about it. So I'm glad of that because at least mm-hmm. I know something. So then she tells her. So my cousin calls and tells me because we are like really like sisters. Wonderful. And so it's like, oh, my goodness. And so I believe, and I so I just chose, not. I tried to talk to my mom. And she said, this is her life. These are her words exactly. This is her life. She's going to live it how she wants to. Can't nobody tell her what to do. And Mm. she didn't try to tell us how to live our lives so we can't tell her how to live hers. So Mm. at that point, I just didn't say anything because it just reminded me of when I was younger and teenager and young and all that old stuff. And, yeah, so I just, she was not trying to receive anything. So I just haven't approached her about him or just discussed anything about him with her since that point. And that was a few months ago. But, you know, I still talk to her and everything, and we do still communicate and talk about everything else Mm -hmm. but Him. So Mm -hmm. I pray. I've chosen to just pray, Mm -hmm. and I've already been fasting, too, off
5: Mm -hmm. and on, Mm -hmm. but
4: pray and just every day ask the Lord to sever this relationship Mm -hmm. before it gets to that point to where I have to see my mother again, because, see, I don't want to see that. And I, I trust and believe and have faith in God and know that He protects my mother, but not that I'm lacking, but I've seen her. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of hard for me to, to really, truly believe, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I saw her got beat when she was beat the first time. And not think God, you know, but mm-hmm. still, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of easier said than done to believe that it won't happen again because she's putting herself in the exact same scenario. Yes, yes. So now I'm just, so for me...
5: <laughs>
4: and then I'm so far away because she's in another state I'm her only child physically her only birth child oh. and so it's like okay so th- on top of my stuff I've already told you about a couple of weeks ago. So I'm choosing to fast and pray. But still, the human side of me is scared to death
5: mm-hmm. for my
4: mother's safety. It has nothing to do with my doubt in God because I know God. Mm-hmm. is He allows things to happen to us. I know it. And a lot of this stuff is our own doing. Mm-hmm. And I know he has her covered. I know that. I have no doubt about that. But my mom is just making bad choices. She's not helping herself, mm-hmm. and I need some more help mm-hmm. on what I can do uh, other than yeah. what I'm doing to, to get to try to reach her or either to ease my own mind because I don't want God to think that I am don't believe in him and don't have faith and trust that he can keep her safe, because I know that because it was him that sent the police to the door. I don't doubt that, but just to see my mother, have to see my mother like that again, I don't think I can handle that.
1: Well, <laughs> uh, what you're describing, and now think about this, if you heard about, here will be some woman over here. You don't know the woman, but she's, you, you hear about her, and um, she ends up being out of a bad, bad, unhealthy relationship. It's destructive and no affirming of the person that this this woman should have affirming people because we all should have encouraging people in our lives. The Bible says encourage one another and build each other up, not beat each other up, build each other up. And yet, so let's say, That there's infidelity. We'll, You know, just make it the worst thing. And so then, you know, there is a divorce. And you think, oh, now she could be with somebody who, this woman, this fictitious woman I'm describing, she could get into a healthy relationship. What type of relationship would it not be uncommon for her to get into a second time?
4: The same thing?
1: That's right. And see, this is because this is what she was used to. And if she hasn't been trained to think differently, trained, I'm talking about we are to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Well, you and I know Christ would not endorse (laughs) anyone treating her that way. Christ would not do that to anyone. Yet what happens is people get into a mindset. Well, you know, I'm just trying to help. Oh, he needs me. If I just try hard enough, he'll change. It's classic codependent relationship thinking and mindsets. Does this part make sense? Yes, it does. Now, do you know, are you clear about what codependency is? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Describe it to me. What is codependency?
4: When the main focus on when a person Who's living, and if they have that mate, and their main focus is totally, completely them, and not their own well-being, their own health, or anything—it's just totally that person that you just can't do without them, Mm
5: -hmm. and
4: you just become just obsessed to where you're in your own little bubble and world. That's codependency.
1: Mm -hmm. That's that's well put. Um, It's like majoring having as your priority in life another person, not God. And you know, when God gave his Ten Commandments, he began with these words, You shall have no other gods before me. You see, he knew if we were to be all that he created us to be, and receive all that he planned for us to receive, we would have to make our relationship with him our top priority. He knew that we would then be free to bless our lives and to bless others. But in codependent relationships, they violate the heart of God's first commandment. It's not You shall have no other gods before me. You let another person take the place of God. You don't say it out loud, but you allow that person to have control over you, control that God alone should have.
6: We have an exciting opportunity to share with you to help bring light into one of the darkest areas of the country, into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island prison in New York City. Rikers Island is home to 10,000 inmates and is known as one of the harshest prisons in the country. The prison chaplain told us that he was holding back tears because the inmates were so hungry and grateful to receive books filled with hope and truth. It was a direct answer to years of prayer, and the transformation was so great that they got a baptistry so that the inmates could be baptized. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash givehope.
7: June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library and it's available at hopefortheheart.org/ccl the Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl.
0: I'm Jeff Oliver. You're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we want to thank you for your prayers and support of our ministry. If you have questions about tonight's topic, uh, really any number of topics, there are over 100 keys for living to help you address your situation. Just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they can help you access the right resources, whatever would help you the most, or maybe help someone else as you deal with uh, them and and a situation in their life. You can point them to some resources as well. We have tonight our Keys for Living called Codependency, Balancing an Unbalanced Relationship. Also, the Keys on Manipulation called Cutting the Strings that Control. Those and uh, other titles are available by calling customer support at 800-488-HOPE. 800-488-4673. 800-488-4673. Also check out our website at hopefortheheart.org slash store. There you'll find new updated Keys for Living, our Lifeline to Hope online training, as well as June's many biblical resources. It's all there at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Now let's get back to our conversation tonight with Elizabeth.
1: Well, Elizabeth, I'm so glad that you are truly uh, very concerned about your mom because you have cared about your mom and do care and yet um, you saw a devastating a, a traumatic uh, you know as a daughter I just remember my Achilles heel was my mom and if when my mom when my dad got cruel it just it was uh, it was the most difficult thing for me because I kept trying to protect her. And yet, uh, I didn't have the full power to do that. And you have a distance. That is a challenge. And so I hear exactly what you're saying, especially when you're watching what had happened to her with her former husband, her ex-husband. Now, his friend... She's allowed him in her life, and he is uh, you said stronger uh he is physical with her he he treats her the same way correct yes ma'am okay, and that well,
4: he's not physical with her yet that I know of, but he has been with ex-girlfriends and a girl that he's still a lady that he's still dealing with
5: mm-hmm.
4: that my mom thinks that he's not dealing with
5: mm-hmm.
4: he's still dealing with her and they're doing crap together and it's like oh my goodness because he could just get something bad again like with what's been going around with her my her ex-husband mm-hmm. who got something bad
5: mm-hmm. and that's why
4: he went off and then I'm afraid he's going to do the same thing, but he's younger and stronger now. And one punch, I don't know if my, I just...
1: Yeah. (sighs) By the way, so is she, your mom, doing crack also? No, ma'am. Okay, but you know for sure he is, and you're saying with this other woman. Okay, well, this, um, this is why, and, and there is going to be a suggestion i 'm going to have that could be helpful <clears throat> and and but let 's talk about this issue of codependency uh, by the way, I know people can even hear the word and they can learn a, a definition and yet it's still hard to uh, you know I, I remember teaching on it and i and i've taught on it multiple times and yet i still have to go back and think okay now i've got to get it right in my head what it is and and by the way i ha- i know what it's like to be codependent myself i know what it's like for my mom to be codependent so you and i have are you know uh, certainly from a standpoint of my mom and your mom uh, I, I saw it and mother had no idea even what that meant and i I don't know that I ever tried to explain it, but the word codependent was first used in the 1970s to describe a family member living with someone dependent on alcohol. It was only dealing with alcohol, and the the prefix co means with. So it was a, someone who's dependent, the word codependent, someone who's dependent, and it's like if if you were codependent on your mom, just trying to uh, enable her, and you you know that she has tried to use you uh, to get money because she's enabling this new guy. Enabling is a uh, it's like when you enable a person to perpetuate. Ongoing destructive behavior by protecting them from the consequences that they should actually receive as a motivation for change, and the classic enabling wife can call her husband's boss and make some excuse why he's got a hank. Well, he, he said she says oh he has the flu my husband has the flu. I think he could possibly be in tomorrow. Uh, I don't think it's, I think it's only a 24 hour. Well, no, he doesn't have the flu. He has a hangover, but she's protecting him and making excuses. And so today, codependent people today are those who are dependent on another person. Doesn't have to be a, a wife, husband, wife relationship, but it would be being so dependent on another person to the point of being controlled or manipulated by that person—now that does describe your mom, doesn't it?
4: Yes, it does, very much so.
1: And even though it first started in the area of alcoholism, uh, it's really a relationship addiction, where just as the alcoholic is dependent dependent on alcohol. The codependent, listen to this, is dependent on being needed by the one with the unhealthy habit. She needs to be needed by this man, or at least perceive that she's needed, and that's why she will do things to do, she can overdo, she can be excessively, quote-unquote, helpful, but her help isn't really helpful, right? That's right. You can help somebody, and yet you're harming them, because they need to be become responsible before God themselves and not dependent on, in this case... This man does not to be depend need to be dependent on her, and she does not need to be dependent on him to be needed but see, he's meeting a need now she's doing it the wrong way. God did not create her to be used by someone treated badly. Uh, doing whatever she could to lie to you in order to get money for him, for his drug habit. See, and and yet what I hear, because of what we had talked about earlier, is your mom knows what it's like to display forgiveness. And you said, you know, you remember a major time where she truly represented Christ to you. Um, So she has a spiritual understanding of sorts, but right now it sounds like she's letting her neediness dictate, and literally she's, it's like allowing a drug to control her. In this case, the drug would be, I need you to need me so I can feel important. And that's why it is imperative when we even look at a scripture like Galatians 1.10, am I now trying to win the approval of people or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be the servant of Christ. Do you see that?
4: Yes, ma'am, I do.
1: We can be excessive to the point of being addicted to this other person. I need you to need me. By the way, do you, do you remember a song um, years ago? um it uh, was sung by Barbara Streisand and it was a beautiful song, huge hit. And it said, People, people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. But I could say they could be the stupidest people in the world because the issue is. Not being needy. And yet, look, I I think there are times when we are needy. But the, the solution is not, I need you in my life. It's, I want you to want me, not just need me. I want a healthy relationship that's not based on desperation. Now... I'm saying all this to you, but it may be that some of this language could be used in a uh, conversation. But what what my thought is, how much do you think your mom even knows about codependency? Do you think she really understands that? I
4: think she does, but I think because... I really think that she, because her doctor diagnosed her, too, of having PTSD, she has all the symptoms,
5: Mm.
4: and so, and she denied it at first, but, I mean, I've had it with all that I went through, and (laughs) Mm -hmm. I haven't been beaten like she was, so to come to near death, that has to be traumatic, and there's no way emotionally you will not be affected by that and traumatized
5: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and start
4: making decisions based off of that, so Mm -hmm. I believe her decisions are because of that, because my mother... My grandfather would take her around when he would go uh, cast demons out of people. He was very spirit-filled. My mother can see demons when she on her game. She's seen demons and then kicked them out of her room, out the window on a two-story apartment building and many times see demons all the time. So she knows, but the devil with this PTSD got her blinded right Hmm.
5: now. Uh And
4: she's falling for every one of the tricks, just like she did before. Uh And so I'm Uh a...
1: uh, Uh this This is a thought. And you can tell me if you want to try this. Many times when you try to confront somebody... One on one, they can't hear it. They they won't hear it. Not that they can't. They won't. But there are times when, like, if I sent you two copies, a copy of our material called Codependency, and it's subtitled um, Balancing an Unbalanced Relationship, and you could say, you know, I was talking with somebody, and and this. A uh, woman wrote this, uh, it's called Biblical Counseling Keys. I think she'd like that, by the way. And, and But it's on codependency, and I would love to get your opinion. Uh, uh, w- would you be willing to uh, read this? I've been reading it, and I just want to know your opinion.
2: Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom for prisoners. The Lord came to set captives free, and He calls us to do the same. Hope for the Heart has an exciting opportunity to help bring the light of God's Word into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. The prison chaplain told us the whole atmosphere changed with the inmates because light was finally coming into the darkness. The supply of resources was a direct answer to years of prayer and many inmates have given their lives to the Lord. It's a truly remarkable story of hope and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward Give hope.
8: As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually, they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God Himself, and He's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-917. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817.
0: Listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get back to our caller in just a moment. If you have any questions or concerns about the uh, topics on the program tonight, if something has piqued your interest, you'd like to find out more information, just call our customer support team at 800. 488 hope they're available monday through friday 8 to 5 central time and they can help you access the appropriate resources for you their number again is 800 488 4673 you might mention to them the keys for living on codependency balancing an unbalanced relationship also we have the keys on manipulation that we're talking about that topic tonight it's called cutting the strings that control and uh, we would like to um, talk to you about uh, whatever might help you the most in resources uh, that we can get into your hands maybe we can point you to some resource on our website that would help you so get in touch with us talk to customer support at 800 488 hope and they'd be happy to help you again I want to mention that uh, if you have a situation that's going on that you'd like to speak with June Hunt and get God's heart on that see what God's word says as as it applies to your situation. The number to call is 800-917. We'd like to invite you to be on a future program of Hope in the Night. That number again, 800-917, 800-644-4817. We'd love to talk with you and uh, get you some help and hope in your situation. Well, let's return now to tonight's conversation with Elizabeth.
1: Well, Elizabeth, I like that you are action-oriented. I like that you don't want to just sit back and do nothing and say, well, you made your bed, now lie in it. I know that that, uh, the pain that you've experienced from childhood was so wrong. You don't want people to live... And uh, helplessness, because you were helpless to protect yourself as a child. That's from a previous conversation. And you don't want to be controlled by anger. You don't want to be controlled by lack of fear and f- lack of forgiveness and all. And, and you've really taken huge steps that I respect to... Uh, Become healthier and healthier. So you hear I hope you hear that I value what you are allowing God to make of you. Are you hearing that?
4: Yes, ma'am, I do. I hear it. Thank you.
1: Okay. There's one thing I also heard and that is when your mom has asked you for money, um, if you've wanted to help her, and yet you know also she she's getting that money, enabling this other man to be on drugs, stuff that is only going to do damage to himself, but it's also damaging her. And and I know you said, but. But you know, she's my mom. Now, do we need a little encouragement about not enabling your mom? That are you no, are you clear don't. about that? Are you clear that you cannot give her money?
4: Well, no. Well, well, I would. I didn't know that she was getting the money. She giving the money for me under false pretenses until mm-hmm. a few days ago. I was thinking that it was legit, Mm
5: -hmm. but
4: then... I, she had went to take care of my cousin because my cousin had surgery. My cousin's sister mm-hmm. had surgery. And so my mom went there to take care of her for a couple of weeks.
5: Mm-hmm. And so
4: I sent my mom money there. And as soon as she picked it up from where I sent it, she turned right around and sent it to him. Mm-hmm. And then came back and told my cousin about it, who in turn was so angry that my mom did that. Mm-hmm. And she didn't think it was right. So she called me and told me. And so my mom doesn't even know that I know. She doesn't mm-hmm. even know that I know all the stuff that I know because right. we don't talk about him because
5: yep. she
4: just will make excuses and all that uh-huh. and I don't want to hear excuses and any of that because I'm not in agreement with this Good and she's you. trying to force me to mm-hmm. agree with this and I'm not going to do it so it's best for me to step back before I, before mm-hmm. I won't disrespect her or anything like that because I'm just going to step back and just mm-hmm. pray and fast like I've been doing but
1: well, let me let me say this. I I he, I hear. Okay, now I understand. You didn't know that she was uh, being a funnel of your money to him, but now that you know that, um, you know, there still it's a classic thing. Um, at uh, on rare rare occasion, you know, I have I'll see somebody. I'll hear about a need for gasoline, and instead of handing somebody X amount of money, I'll say, well, in fact, maybe about four months ago, I said, and what is your situation? And so I said, okay, well, um, let's go over to that service station. By the way, I've done that where, oh, never mind. So it really isn't about gasoline, just give me money, but uh, then I would take – I I would take the time, and it does take time, to get somebody something. And literally in this case, uh, I was glad I did uh, because I I learned what the situation was in a a different way, and I've confirmed it. But the bottom line is you could find out what does she need money for, and then you send it. Not, I mean, it's like, I'm If she had a hairdryer and she needs a new hairdryer, this purely is an example, then you purchase the hairdryer. You don't send money uh, because—and you do have a heart for your mom, and that's good. She needs to know you have a heart for her. But I think a way—you know, the the Bible says, do not be conformed any longer to the world— but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So with that transformation, then you have a changed life. And a changed mind produces a changed heart. A changed heart produces a changed life. And you know, Jesus was the one who said, the truth sets you free. So your mom needs literally a heart transplant where Christ is at the center of her heart, not a human being. Her mind needs to be renewed, and this is what I'm offering uh, to send where it would go to both of you and where you would send this to her and say, Mama, yeah," you know, and you can call her and just say, I'm sending you something, but I just want. Very interested. It's this this material on codependency, uh, and, and especially if there's something that's helpful to you, just say you know. W- would you just would you just read like about and you you decide if it's six pages or eight pages? I I kind of keep it short. Um, I mean, if somebody's for sure a reader, you could go twelve pages. But um, one man was telling me that. Uh, because he deals a lot of times with with lawyers, and he said many times, I will send give them this book by C. S. Lewis and say, just read the second chapter, and I really want to know what you think. And many come to Christ. Many lawyers have come to Christ because I I know this man so well, and uh, so you can do it. but uh, but but in this case, I'm just saying. Read through it yourself and then you decide what part of it would be beneficial for her in particular and and just say, you know, I would like to ask ask your opinion. Bobby people like well, they like to know that their opinion could be significant. Now you're not asking for advice. There's a difference. You're not asking her to advise you. You're asking just her opinion. Does this make sense?
4: Yes, it does. Yes, ma'am.
1: Okay. So one thing that is important that you'll probably see, there's a codependent person profile, or a codependency profile. You know, I feel responsible for the feelings and needs and actions of another person close to me. I try to fix someone else's problem even to the detriment of my own well-being. I feel angry when my help is not wanted. I, I look for my worth in the approval of others. I find that I'm attracted to needy people and needy people are attracted to me. I struggle with feeling unloved and look for ways to be needed. I throw all my energy into helping someone else. I say no when I should say yes and say yes when I should say no. By the way, does this sound like your mom?
4: Yes, ma'am, it does.
1: hmm Well, this will be helpful to her. And by virtue of you not pointing your finger down at her, but just saying, I just want to know what you think. And, you know, it could be that you could think about if this is applicable to help somebody else that the two of you know, you could read it and say, hmm. Or you could say, you know, boy, I wish if you found, a, I don't know, we, or, do you identify with being codependent or having been codependent?
4: No, ma'am, I'm very independent. And I used to think that my mom was very independent, but she's not displaying that now. And I've decided to just, I told my husband and I just decided we're not going to send any more money Mm -hmm, or or enable her now that we know that she was getting it under false pretenses. Mm -hmm. So I'm just stepping back.
5: But mm-hmm. you know,
4: and just praying that God severs this relationship before something happens, I'm just totally against this, and so I'm just gonna speak to God on the spirit and deal with him mm-hmm. and 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 not talk about it with her as much as possible without her being angry with me for being because I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be standoffish it's just that I need to be standoffish because I'm fighting the devil here in my mama yeah. and I'm not going to let him win so I need to get, get her from another way that, to get him mm-hmm. off of her
1: Well, she is being used she's being manipulated and um, I'll tell you what I, I'm going to also send you manipulation because, see, that will be something that you could follow up with later. And she'll see herself in that, being manipulated. And people who are manipulative, they can be masters of manipulation. And yet again, this is where who must be our God? God needs to be our God it, it, instead of letting somebody else be our God. And as, even though I know that that's not the normal language we use, but as long as we let another person control us, we are giving another person the control that uh, that God alone should have. And that means we won't be blessed. The relationship won't be blessed. There's all kinds of fodder here that you could use. So I'm going to pray for you as after you get this material and then... You'd be praying that she'd be receptive and that then this could be used in her life to give her a changed heart and therefore she would have a changed life. You continue to hang on to
6: hope.
0: We will send the keys for living on manipulation called Cutting the Strings That Control, also Codependency, Balancing an Unbalanced Relationship. Sending those out to tonight's caller. We do that free of charge. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. And if you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. And we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying, "You hang on to hope." The preceding program was pre-recorded.